Today is Thursday, May 11th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. We cover a lot of many topics today, some of which include talking with Jehovah's Witnesses, the, quote, errors of the empty tomb uh, concerning Jesus' resurrection. Was it, a, was it an angel? Was it a man? Was it a man-angel? Uh, and then Numbers, uh, the book of Numbers, talking about take the girls for yourself. Um, in what way is that not, uh, you know, God commanding people to totally, like, rape and pillage villages? Well, in every way, um, we discuss. Um, a lot of dishonesty, uh, dishonest people, um, you just have to suss through what is a sincere misunderstanding versus what do people research, and they absolutely know what they're doing is slimy because they know the answer, but they're trying to trip up Christians. What purpose does someone lack in their life to knowingly, uh, use a faulty premise to try to disparage someone's religion. Like, if it's sincere, I get it. Let's talk about it. But if, you, if you've if you been down this road and you know what you're saying is incorrect, what kind of person are you? Hmm. Uh, we don't actually talk about that. Maybe we should. Maybe that'll be tomorrow. All right. Then we talked to probably a drunken black Hebrew Israelite. Um, he says he's worked all night. I don't know. Um Anyway, it's a it's a conversation. Then we talk about deliverance, uh, you know, quote deliverance ministries and deliverance in Christ, deliverance from sin, all this other stuff. And then we end with the kryptonite of Christianity, Calvinism. We talk about compatibilism, and uh, I, we we get as close as we possibly can to shaking hands with Calvinists, but they just jump off the deep end. Uh, love you, Calvinist. Got plenty of you on the stage. Talk to you every day. Very good, close personal friends. But um, yeah, can't can't quite get there. Um, to Calvinism. Um, anyways, but um, if it helps, we, oh, and then right as I say, <laughs> look, Christians like Calvinists, non-Calvinists are arguing back and forth over free will and God's, uh, you know, God's sovereignty and all this other stuff. I'm like, this is why atheists who pop in uh, say, oh, how should we believe your God? You know, all these Christians can't even agree on what they agree on. Well, both of us, like we're quibbling over the details. It's like largely academic, like because both of us all agree, like, oh, if this person is saved, look at their fruits, look at their profession. Like they're, they, our biblical definition of what a saved Christian looks like. We just spend till the end of time arguing about how they became saved. So when atheists or non-Christians hear this, or even other Christians, goodness, I'm sick of hearing it, and I am a Christian. But when we hear this just quibbling nonstop, it's so uh and arduous and bogs everyone down that these non-believers are like, well, why should we ever believe? You guys can't even get this right. You can't even figure this out. Thinking that this somehow plays a part in salvation or the big ultimate things you must get right, um, when it doesn't at all. This is a total secondary issue. Everyone arguing in these conversations are already saved, born again, uh, Jesus-believing people. Um, So we're just arguing about stuff because I guess the gospel is so easy. We receive it, we repent, we believe Jesus, trust him for our eternal salvation to give us eternal life, to make us spiritually alive and born again. And it's like, well, that was easy. We trust Jesus to save us. Now what's nonsense we can argue about that's going to, you know, get in the way of other people coming to this very simple saving knowledge. So, um, for shame, I don't know. Um, on one hand, it's good to talk about because like the brigands, they keep fleshing out the scriptures to make sure, you know, they were on the right path. Um, but on the other hand, in the presence of, you know, non-believers, this is perhaps not the greatest thing to go. And even Christians, if we can keep cooler heads and cooler heads will prevail, which hopefully it will. It seems like it gets a little heated, <laughs> you'll hear. But um, if we keep in sight what it really is, a secondary issue, and we just analyze this from like an academic understanding and we're peaceable about it, 
then it's good to grow and to learn and to study and to contend like that. If it's just going to separate people and drive wedges in the body of Christ, it is no bueno. Um, not good. So that's my happy advice today. Um, so everyone, check out the Ask a Christian book. It's available on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt. Support the broadcast. Um, unless you're just setting your computer on fire after listening to this. Um, just kidding. It's actually really good, I think. Why wouldn't I say that? I will tell you, sometimes I'm like, it's a dumpster fire. If you want to hear the worst thing ever, watch this. Today is not one of those days. Today's actually a pretty good discussion. Really good discussion. Especially the uh, deliverance part. And um, what else can you do? You could click on the link. All these links are in the podcast description. Donate. Support this podcast. Support us reaching out to people of the internet with the gospel. Um, take care, and we'll see you next time. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Jeff, or Honest, welcome. Is it is it bad if I call you either one or is it is it fine? I prefer honest, yeah. please. Okay. Well, how are you today? I'm doing okay. How are you? Oh, good. Waking up, uh, getting getting a start to my day. Uh, you must ya. be uh, you must be more uh, west than I am. I'm on the east coast, so it's uh, almost nine o'clock here. Uh, yeah, by starting my day, that's what I mean. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I get up early. I've always gotten up early my whole life. It's just kind of a, a habit now. I wake up about five or six oh, o'clock every morning. Oh, so. that is, goodness, that does not sound good at all. <clears throat> I actually don't mind because I get to start on the day and have a little bit of before the neighborhood and the house gets going. I'm up by myself and have a few minutes. So it's nice, actually. And uh, I get quit my day early. So I start, I work from home. So I get to start my day early and you know, about two or three o'clock in the afternoon, my, my work day's done. So, uh, see, I'm, I'm the opposite. Like, I, I like to just get up when I get up when I have to, and just hit the ground running. Like, you know, drop off the kids at school, stuff like that. And then, uh, then whenever they all go to bed, because uh, they get up a little earlier before me, because you know, but it takes me two seconds to jump up and take them where they need to go. So they need like an hour and a half before that <laughs> to get ready. So, uh, you know, they, they get up. So I, I like having my downtime in the evening. So they're all in bed. I get like a cup, like an hour of quiet. Um, so I, I prefer that one. And then I go to bed. Yeah, I got you. So my wife's working today. She, so I'm here alone. I've got the house, just me and the, me and the dog. All right. It's like a COVID party with like Bob and Honest Alone. And maybe Chris will grace us with his presence down there. Yeah, I'm trying to get over. I got a little some kind of scratchy throat thing started Sunday. It's down on my chest and. Trying to kick that. I don't know what. Bob, you said COVID. we I couldn't took, get it from you. Did you just somehow? I took a COVID it? test. No, I took a COVID test. I don't have COVID. It's just. Uh, oh great! Your patient zero. Your patient zero for whatever the next thing is. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it might have just been allergies and just kind of got uh, my throat aggravated and just kind of moved into my chest. The pollen here has been crazy, so I don't know. Do you ever, do you ever question that when people say it's allergies, right? Because if there's like a little sniffle or a little cough, it's like, oh, oh, I have allergies, no big deal. But then, that's like the go-to excuse when you don't want to say like something's probably seriously wrong and you should stay home in bed, but you want to go out with your friends or something. So it's like, you'll, you'll see people like dragging their <laughs> eyes or bloodshot. They're like, stuff's like leaking out of their face and they're like, oh, it's just allergies. I'm like, get away from me. <laughs> I think it may have started as allergies, but maybe turned into something else. I started around the antibiotics because I've got a little tight chest and been coughing. So I don't want it to turn into some type of infection. So I just, I had some antibiotics. So I'm taking rounds of that, hopefully kick it back. But I uh, will see. I don't feel bad. I mean, I, I feel okay. I was 
been taking Benadryl and that makes me tired. So I slept a little bit yesterday in the afternoon. It's Benadryl, the old antihistamine, sunks me out. Yeah. Well, welcome, Chris. What are your uh, What's your medical history looking like? <laughs> We're not uh, doctors. I'm just trying to stay alive one more day. How's it going? So far, so good. I mean, I'm here. All right. What's on someone's mind? Five bars. Clear. I heard you say five bars, but that's the sound of someone who clearly has three and a half bars. Which, I mean, I guess three and a half bars is better than five with no one speaking. Uh, so honest. Uh, anything else new in your life? Anything else new in the uh, religious world of discussion? No, no, no. Just, uh, just listening, and I just no, no, nothing new. I just it seems like I've been on Clubhouse now for this will be two years, October, so a year and a half or so, and. I just seem to keep hearing the same conversations over and over again, right? Yeah, and I'd say, well, yeah, you probably know your way around uh, the basic points of most popular religions. Yeah, I mean, I knew a lot uh, prior. I, When I was a Christian, I studied a lot of uh, uh uh, well, I used to wear cults like Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons and uh, different things like that. So I knew quite a bit about, about them. I did have an interesting, the Jehovah's Witnesses were here uh, in canvassing the neighborhood last Saturday. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I was in my shop. I work on guitar, so I've got a shop in my house. I'm sitting working on a guitar and my wife comes in and says, the Jehovah's Witnesses are in the neighborhood. And I said, oh, really? She goes, she said, where are they? She said, well, they came to the door. I said, why didn't you tell them to come in? Because I was going to talk to them. <laughs> and she said she didn't answer the door. And so they were across the street. And uh, so I went out like I was doing something in my yard. And the guy was there with his window down. And he said something to me. And so I invited him. And his, uh, so we had a, we talked for about an hour and a half in my driveway. And uh, um, so it was interesting they're an interesting group of people if you never talked to a jehovah's witnesses they uh have some odd things i i'm very much uh against them and just think they're a horrible horrible group of people because they refuse blood transfusions to people and little kids die uh in their religion because they won't give them blood transfusions and uh I, I think they deserve all of the scorn and ridicule and vitriol that you could throw at them for uh, the harm they cause people. So I'm you know, not a big fan. I was. I mean, maybe I'm a monster. Like, I, I mean, you know, for a, for a kind of abstract moral point or, you know, the, the, the small, I, I don't even know, small percentage that would matter. Sure. You make a great case, but I, I can't imagine like, you know, um, I don't know, like how many people like die because they don't believe in blood transfusions. Like that, I don't even think I've known anyone in my life that's ever had a blood transfusion. Like that cannot be a super, like you know, something that comes. I mean, of course, the you know the people that die would probably, like, hey, I died. I matter. Of course you do. 
but is that like three for a thousand or three for a hundred thousand? Like, I, I wonder what the actual amount of harm caused because of a lack of a blood transfusion they um, would be responsible for. It's got to be small. See. Uh, how many Jehovah's Witnesses die? Because no, approximately 594 Jehovah's Witnesses die each year as a result of not being allowed blood transfusions. Gosh, that's a lot. How many Jehovah's Witnesses are there? Uh, 8.5 million people in the world observe Jehovah's Witnesses' faith is what I'm reading. Um, huh. Just just did a quick Google. Um, yeah, I are mean... Those the, hey, honest, are those the same people that say there's 2 billion Christians? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're the ones that say that 144,000 are the only ones that are getting into, uh, into paradise, so they have a weird thing about heaven, if I can see... I mixed them up in the Mormons, so I know the Mormons believe in... Um, They're going to have their own planet or something, right? Yeah, terrestrial, terrestrial, telestial, and celestial, something like that, different levels of kingdoms. But the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, believe there's going to be a paradise earth, and uh, the 144,000 people get to rule over paradise earth, and it's only 144,000 people. May take that somewhere out of Revelation, if I remember correctly. I don't know, but yeah, I, I had a good conversation with them, and uh, there was a young man. There's always a, you know, there's always a, a handler, and then somebody they're training. There was a young <laughs> man. He, he may have been 14, so I was very cognizant. I was, I, I wasn't, um, yeah, I didn't. I was very nice in uh, in what I said. Uh, he, he, the the handler did not realize that the gospel narratives don't really line up uh, as far as how many people went to the tomb, how many people came back, whether they told the disciples uh, what they found or not, and whether or not they stayed in uh, Jerusalem or, or fled to Nineveh. And, you know, there's just there's the gospel accounts conflict in that. And uh, they, he wasn't even aware of that. And the last thing he said is, well, so if I, I, I told him to go put it in a spreadsheet, just to put the gospels four columns and, you know, put on the, tomb, you know, the resurrection story, just put them side by side, the four stories side by side in a spreadsheet and take a look at them. And you see, they just don't line up. And he said, well, I, I've never heard of that. And if that's the case, he said, I'm going to come back and shake your hand. So <laughs> I'm not, well, I'm not, hold, you, I'm not holding my breath. So. <laughs> I mean, you may get a handshake for all the wrong reasons, but I mean, you know, as people who do know that, that's why I don't like debates, right? Because if you have a debate, it's like, I don't know, it's so I want to say vapid. That's not the right word, but I don't know, some, something, it's something other than sincere I, I i don't know there's a word out there that would be better than what i'm using but that's why i don't like that like you know it, like someone's trying to prove the religion or someone's trying to prove god or prove a point because all it takes is one fallible person on either side um you know to miss a point or not be aware of something that's totally evident by like you know a group of their peers or this has been done like you know a thousand times they just never uncovered it so like the answers are there and very apparent but it's like if the one person you know on whatever side, atheist, theist, whatever, in a debate, um, has somehow failed to miss that point, and they don't bring it up, and they get, like, you know, made a fool of on stage, and, you know, their God is a lie and all that, and then, you know, the next day, um, they're like, oh, this was the answer. Oh, I could have showed a thousand people this is the answer, and there's no problem, but because they missed it at that moment, it, I don't know, I just, sleazy? I don't know, because someone helped me on the word, but that's why I don't like debates and stuff like that, because just it's like, honest. look, someone can miss a... Well, maybe, but I mean, if it's not inherently dishonest, right? Like, unless the, well, like, unless the, unless the person, you know, making them a fool knows what they're doing is dishonest, well, then it's dishonest. 
But if someone's like, hey, I have a question about this. It looks like, you know, um, in my best sincerity, you have a problem with your text. And then the guy didn't know the answer. Like, let's take the, the scribal error and like Jack Hoakim or whatever. Um, and someone doesn't know that. They're like, oh, crap, I guess the Bible has errors. And then the next day, and maybe this guy thinks that too. Maybe he thinks, I don't know the actual answer, so your Bible has errors. He's like, oh, no, the Bible has errors. And the next day, he's asking like a friend, and they're like, bro, no, here's the reason why. Like, blah, blah, blah. It's a copy of a copy, you know, King James. Like, you know, the autographs are fine. That's what we all mean. Like, no one thinks like I could just grab a, a Bible and copy it for and copy it word for word to my ability, and it's got a few errors in it. And then you say the Bible is the fallible word of God now. Like, no, no, it doesn't matter about copies I make or copies anyone else makes. We're talking about the original autographs, and, you know, by the way, all the other Bibles have it right. Anyways, for example, so, you know, everyone now thinks, oh, no, the Bible is totally fallible because someone just didn't know that answer. And I, I don't like that because there's not a lot of room to, to go back and, you know, correct the conversation after it's already over. That was, someone said what I said shortly. Well, yeah, Harold, can you say what I said shortly? I, was, I rambled. Uh, I just think the word you might be looking for is unproductive. Wow, that's a really nice word, but we'll, we'll go with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the things that stand out to me are like in Mark, it says that there was one man in a white robe sitting on the right side, uh, and it was Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salam. Uh, and then you look at Luke, and it says that it was the women, and uh, there was two men in the tomb. Uh, and, and then, yeah, it's just... there's. All of these things can't be true. There could there, there, there couldn't have been yes, they one can. person and two That's people. Red. You know it's ridiculous and you know it's dishonest. Come on. I man. do. So, so you're reading you're yes, reading my mind. You've had this conversation enough that you know that you're being dishonest about it, and you're just trying to put on the nice. Face. Well, you're if you if, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna call me names, I'll just leave. Thanks. Bye bye. Yeah, wow. I, I knew uh, well, as, for, as soon as he brought that out, I'm like, yeah, Chris is about to sink his teeth in this guy. <laughs> Chris, you have power over other people. Um, you can make them leave a room not being a mud. I didn't even get a chance to say anything. Um, well, before we move on real quick, <laughs> uh, would you like to uh, uh, go through that quickly for the rest of the people who are wondering why on earth two people can be one person and how an, it can be an angel and a man and a man-angel? You want to walk us through yeah. that real quick? So, so when you're looking at eyewitness accounts, there are different things that the author of the eyewitness account is going to highlight as that it's important to the narrative that he is telling. The reason that you're going to see differences in narratives in eyewitness accounts is not because one thing happened and another didn't and the two cannot be reconciled. It's that we're highlighting certain things in each account. And so to say... To dishonestly say that there are these errors in the scripture that moronic Christians just haven't seen for 2,000 years, and me as an atheist just reading it and putting it in a spreadsheet has destroyed all of 2,000 years of Christian history, is just stupid and dishonest. Oh my, if anyone wants to get Chris off his game, we know the conversation to do it. <laughs> uh, Steph, <laughs> what do you think about that? Anytime Chris is being too nice, just bring up that and... Uh... We'll, we'll bring him back. Yeah, when Chris is nice, I get a little more creeped out. Uh, I feel like the storm is brewing, you know? Well, it's uh, probably true. Yeah, I just, like, dumb arguments like that, though, that have been asked and answered for 2,000 years. I mean, these were things that were brought up 
by skeptics in the second century that were answered by church fathers in writing to show that there are no inconsistencies, and yet we still get these ridiculously stupid questions. Have you, have you, got, uh, have you got time for another one? Uh, hang on. Uh, there's a new oh, person. Marijabal? Marijabal. I have a really quick question, honestly. Uh, does anybody know anything about hermeneutics or exegesis and like translation of the Bible? You're talking to the right person. And okay, good, 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 good. Because this will be really, really simple and quick. Okay, so we were talking about this like on the politics Discord server with Christians and atheists and stuff. And um, somebody brought up Numbers 31, and it was specifically like the thing that everybody was arguing about. It was a big, big argument. Was Numbers 31, 18, and it says, take the young girls for yourselves. And the apologist, the Christian, said that that meant that they needed, that um, God was saying, or Moses, I think Moses was saying, to adopt the young girls and raise them in, as daughters. And um, the atheists are like, well, wouldn't it say that? Like, do you understand? That was what the argument was. And the atheists and stuff were saying um, that Numbers thirty-one eighteen was saying, like, take the daughters for yourselves as in take, like, know them. Yeah. But I'm like, granted, it doesn't say know them, so, but. Uh, yeah, maybe Chris can give you a, a, I don't know, Christian biblical answer in a second, but I know just from, you know, talking to tons of rabbis, the official answers they will give you, because, you know, their people, their laws, their their way of life, their culture, uh, they'll say uh, something like, I don't want to speak for the entire Jewish people, but of all the ones who have given me this answer, it goes something like, we just decimated the entire city. Um, they're not going to survive on their own. All their fighting combatant males are dead. So if we didn't take them, we're basically sentencing them to death because they're definitely going to be raped and murdered and known in that sense by like roving barbarian tribes. So, uh, yes, we take them and we give them a life. We treat them, you know, kindly and fairly, yada, yada. And, you know, of the ones who are of married, marrying age, um, it's presented to them, but it cannot be forced. So it has to be free will. And uh, if they don't want that, uh, there's something about they have to like set them up and send them on their way. So that's okay, the so official answer. Um... No, advocating pedophilia. Of course not. Okay. Um, anyway, but so that that's like the Jewish answer, like how a rabbi would explain it. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Okay, thanks. Well, you just have to take the rest of the of the law of Moses into account that the types of behaviors that atheists are attempting to assign to the ancient Jewish people, they would have been stoned to death for doing. Like it's just an it's an insane interpretation that makes no sense. And they have absolutely no grounds to stand on that. And I mean, it's just, these are the kinds of things that make me crazy. Is I mean, that, it feels a little you know, like projecting things, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we look at things with a 21st century eye for things that happened 4,000 years ago in a completely different region, a completely different culture amongst a completely different people. And we want to put our ideas onto these people. And it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's just reading the text from a 21st century perspective and then being like, yeah, this is what it means. And that's just not how hermeneutics works. And so the, the people that were claiming that um, had terrible hermeneutics. Um, now, on the flip, it doesn't also say take them as daughters. They could have been taken as maidservants, um, but certainly not 
uh, and this is a Muslim argument as well, so the atheists don't just make this, the Muslims make this, is that, you know, they were absolutely raped by the, by the Israelites and that God is okay with this. Um, that is 100% not true because you have to take the rest of the Mosaic Law into it. Yeah, so like basically if they did what the assertion is, those people who did that would be dead. Anyway, does that uh, help? Yeah, yeah, it makes you wonder. Is I mean, like the average ordinary people that were just kind of sitting there listening were like, "What in the heck? Why doesn't it say adopt the young girls?" No. <laughs> yeah, because they might have taken them as slaves as well. So, the 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 choice was take them as slaves, where they can live in a home and be fed and you know be treated okay, and then be treated as you know, possibly as daughters someday if, if they decided to, you know, join the tribe as a stranger, um, you know, and all that jazz, and then be, possibly be married off one day to, to Jewish men, um, you know, probably, or, you know, a little bit older than their age, you know, that would have been the, that would have been the most kind thing for a, an ancient, um, you know, non-Israelite woman to have happened to them. You know, and, and, and we have this idea today that slavery is this great evil. And slavery is a great evil, but in that particular context, it was either, well, you can be a slave and live somebody in somebody's house, or you can be killed. So I don't know which one you would want to take. And then they would say, I mean, they'd usually say something like, well, yeah, it's the same God, so, you know, time is irrelevant, so, you know, blah, 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 why didn't he do something better then? Well, because the Four Seasons hadn't been invented. I don't know what else to tell you. Like, you know, people didn't have modern technology. So, you know, why are people dying back then when we didn't have antibiotics that we do today? I mean, times weren't advanced. I mean, which largely, by the way, you can think Christians for medical science, just saying. But that, that, I mean, that's about the only leg to stand on. Like, you know, technically same God. So why did he create a world without civilization and electronics and medicine already? I mean, I, I don't know. But that's about the best argument they have is, you know, Technically, same God, 6,000 years ago, 20, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, same God. Same one. Exact same Any... one. I agree. Can I ask Stephanie the question? I just want to see if there's any follow-up from Mari real quick. Or did that take care of it? Yeah, I just kind of wanted to know. Like, I guess oh, I, sure. there, there well, were people who were like wondering what the hermeneutics was on what it said. When we read, take the young girls for yourselves, what does that mean in Hebrew or Greek? That's, that's, that was literally the argument. So it's, it's the simple to sim make it simple. Okay. And you can go to blueletterbible.org if you're not familiar with that site already. Okay. And uh, you, you can actually look up the original words and what they are. So find the passage, okay. find the words and it'll say, this is what it means. And you know, the respective language and, uh, yeah, and you can parse your way through it that way. And yeah, like I came over minutes. here and found your room, and I was like, okay, I'm going to ask them because I came over to try to ask that question. So, cool, thanks. Yeah, Appreciate it. If you have anything else, stick around. Yeah. Okay. But the, also, like Nate said, asking a rabbi that question is a really good idea. Um, and also, the languages are not going to help you. Like, the translations that we have are really, really, really good. And so if you look at LSB or ESV, you know, they're going to be really good, accurate translations. And, and Hebrew is a complex language that has a very small vocabulary. And so a lot of words will be context dependent. 
And so right. they when do you get means... into hermeneutics, it gets really complicated. So, okay, I'll right. drop down. Okay. okay. Uh, well, I would say, and Bob, we're going to get to you, I promise. But wh one more thing I'd say is this is why, you know, hermeneutics aside, I mean, not aside, but, you know, in addition, this is what makes Christians crazy. Like, you know, when, when we're like, look, we have a book, just, just read the book. And I don't mean you, but like anyone that really has a problem with like, you know, anyone that's going to really take up the mantle of persecuting the God of the Bible that they say is evil, but also doesn't exist. Straw man, I know. But um, anyone that's going to really take up that mantle and, ch and challenge Christianity, at least read the book. That will solve so many problems and prevent that person from looking foolish. Um, and, you know, there's plenty of arguments, I guess, you can have against Christianity or the God of the Bible if you if you just want to. Like that grumbling Israelites did. Um, you know, they argued plenty against God. Um, didn't work out so well for him, but they did. Um, but there's good ones to have. I mean, you know, in the sense that valid points. Um, and then there's not. So, for example, anything that would contradict the law, like what you're saying now, right? If it's advocating like pedophilia and rape and all this other stuff. Well, if you just continue reading and you get to the Mosaic Law, like Chris talked about several times, you're going to see how these these things are absolutely forbidden on like pain of death. So that means if you write it their way, um, it's saying, okay, you can go like rape and pillage and, you know, just like, you know, have your way with all these people, age indiscriminate. Uh, but then that contradicts your law. So you have to die. So that means you're going uh, under their, their scenario. They would go pillage a city and then all be put to death for doing bad things. So unless someone is a very, very special type of person, that cannot be the way that story read. Otherwise there would be a lot less Israelites to be descendants of. Um, so anyways, just things like that. And you, and you wouldn't get that from knowing how to, you know, necessarily hermeneutics or the original language or something like that. You would know that from reading the rest of the book, like, you know, read the other stuff and you're like, oh, well, this is their law. So if they did what I'm positing now, that would violate their law um, so egregiously they would be put to death for it. So clearly that's not what they mean. So I, I would say that, like, you know, um, it, it helps to actually read the book. Um, all right, Bob, I promise you. So you had a question for Steph. Steph? God be with you. All right. I, I, thank you. I'll present this as two questions. She can answer whichever one she chooses. So, Steph, can you hear me? I can hear you, Bob. Good morning. All right. She answered. What's the next thing, guys? I'm oh, just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I got you. Not, not, yeah, you got some good ones. I, I, <laughs> sometimes I laugh. Sometimes I don't. But... Uh, I want to know, in the Bible, there is a place that says, I read, every plant that my father didn't plant is going to be uprooted. Uh, I, the question for that is, what is a plant? And the other question was, when, when God was growing, how much did he weigh when he was 12 years old? Have fun. Okay. Uh, any plants that the father didn't plant? Is that what it is? Hold on. Yes. So we're gonna go to... Okay. Yeah, so can, this is yeah look it up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Look it up. Find it. And, uh, and we'll go. From... All right. Hold on. The fastest one I got was the NIV. Let me switch over to the ESV. Okay. Uh, 
So the Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, why do your disciples break the traditions of the elders? They do not wash their hands when they eat. And uh, Jesus answered them, why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles the father and mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father and mother, what would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God, you hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines and the teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the people to him and he said to him, are we getting there? Uh, and he called the people to him and he said to them, hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles the person. The disciples came and said to him, do you know what the Pharisees were? Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? And he answered, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. Uh, they are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into the pit. But Peter said, explain the parable to us. Uh, so he's saying that what the Pharisees are teaching are not from God, so it will be uprooted. Oh, he's on the phone. Well, that's my answer. What was his second question? Um, I don't how know. Much, how much did well, God weigh? Grass. Oh, yeah, how much said, did God weigh at 11 or 12? At 12. How much did God yeah. weigh at 12? Okay, so my answer to you, Bob, for the first question is, after everything that I read, Jesus is saying that what the Pharisees are teaching is not coming from God, and therefore is it, it will be uprooted. God will take care of that. Is that the is that not the uh, the understanding you get? Yeah, I, I get I get the understanding that the okay. plant is the thought that's been put into the mind of a person. And uh, I'll mute my mic to take this call from my wife, but I'll listen. Okay. Man, the that is plant, so The funky. thought of the person. No, the plant is the teaching of the Pharisee. The, well, the, yeah. Yeah. No, it's just symbolism for if it's not of God, it's going to get uprooted. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Wait, a symbolism for hey, what? Gary. What's not it's as simple as saying God, if it's not from God, it's going to get uprooted. It won't be planted correctly. It won't have good roots. It won't grow. Right. Well, it's, I don't it's even just, know if it's, it's just it's just a adage to false doctrine, in my opinion. That's how. Just I think it's pretty straightforward and simple. Yeah, like he's ta he's giving examples. He's talking to the Pharisees, yeah. and then he's talking about the Pharisees, and he's God, saying God what they he what they have is not gonna. Yeah, yeah, what they have is not going to thrive. God, God knew he had it. human beings to work with, so he gave us lots of examples. Like, here, let me put it to you this way, 50 different ways. <laughs> anyway, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Sherry. I'm Can I ask Steph a question? I'm how Bob got to thoughts from that. But yes, go ahead, Fury. I'm open to your questions. Okay. If God exists, why bad thing happened? Shut up, Fury. <laughs> 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 he got you he got you pretty good so yeah i'm gonna renounce my faith guys that one that was the one you know look can you i'm just looking for somebody to wake me up inside can't break <laughs> <up. laughs> oh you snap. <laughs> bro that was amazing it wasn't it didn't play it's fine it was so good with your evanescence. I don't even have it today. I don't look like that chick. Good morning, Sean. 
And you good said morning, morning, good morning, good morning. How what? much did God weigh at 12? Wow. What I don't know, but the average 12 year old boy yeah. weighs yeah. What does a 12 year old boy weigh? The, what, I like think the answer pounds? to that is why. He weighs between 80 and 100 pounds. Because he wants okay. to say God didn't weigh anything because spirits don't weigh anything because God is spirit and Jesus is not God. Have I got you right, Bob? Is that where we're oh. going? Yeah. What? You got at least the last part right. <laughs> Man, we cut to the chase wow. on that wow. one, Nate. Wait, did am I, did no one else figure that out? It's a Scooby Doo no, mystery. All knew that. It's a Scooby Doo. Oh my god! Oh my god! Doggy. <laughs> yeah, it is. A, it is a mystery. It's a mystery why people don't believe the truth. And that's not God. The... That's the spirit. I knew it all along, Mister Wilkerson. It was you. I'm crying. Bob. Bob is literally a Scooby Doo villain. We figured this out. This is. Do you, are you doing any lighthouses, Bob? Bob, do you live near any lighthouses? Or, or I, live near, mansions? I, I, I live near a couple of brick houses. Mm. Yeah. All right, we all need Scooby. <clears throat> Bob, right, let me ask you, are those houses mighty, mighty? Do they let it all hang out? I don't know. That's, that's a question for Chris. All right, I'll stop. I don't I'll understand. stop with the jokes today. I don't understand what it. I, 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 you'd have to explain. Let it all hang out. She's a brick. Bam, 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 bam. Oh man, no one has any culture. No, Sean no, does. Sean one. knows no, that they're... song. They do. For a lack of knowledge, my people are destroyed. Am I? Right? You are right, <laughs> For a lack of yeah. evanescence, my people are destroyed. That is. That's the way it's. That's right. That is correct. Bob, are you Trinitarian now? Did that work? Are you converted? You got two good answers. Bob, just say yes. Bob, just say yes. Bob's a Trinitarian now, everybody. Throw a party. Hallelujah. And y'all got drunk faster than I've ever seen anybody. Oh, I thought he got saved. Is this like when the people accuse the people in Acts of being drunk? They're like, bro, we're not drunk. It's only nine. Like, we're worshiping God. Is that what you're doing right now, Bob? Yep. Because I'm... No, I hope not. No, I, it's it's only nine twenty two no. in the morning. No, I just got the phone call from my wife. She says she has COVID, so called the doctor and get her some medicine so that she can pick it up when she comes back home. What? what? So, Why don't uh, you go get this medicine? What are you doing? You're on Clubhouse. Yeah, Bob. Hey, Bob, go get your wife medicine. If if I can get it called into the pharmacy, she won't have to stop. I'll well, take your advice. Go do yeah, he, that now. He, can't, yeah. he actually has COVID. Bob actually has COVID, too. You need to love her like she's the church, Bob. You pull up in the drive and call him. Oh, wait, well, unless you use some, like, sketchy hey, pharmacy. Like, can, can I ask a question? I'm sorry. I just I just popped into the room. I got pulled up to the stage, <laughs> and I was reading the thing and said, uh, ask a Christian. We've got answers. Sounds right. All right. That's the alleged. That's the alleged. What's on my mind? So. He's got five. What is it, Bob? You had like four or five more days left for quarantine? It's not Bob talking. It's uh, CJ. Yeah. Yeah, we're about to go into some uh, Israelism. Let's do it. Wow. Okay. So because I'm. Not not even because I'm black. No, nope, it black. has nothing to do with who you, what this color uh, of your skin. It has to do with your profile. But am I wrong? 
Yes. Oh, you okay. Are. Well, then I was raised. I was raised in the Christian church. Uh, actually. Good job, Evanessa. Do do I do I read the King James Bible the same one the Israelites do? Yes. The same ones the Christians do. Yes. Uh, I believe in one God. I don't believe in the Trinity. I don't believe in no Protestants. I don't believe in that Pentecostal stuff and speaking tongues and any of that. I, I believe in the one most high. I believe in the Old Testament. I believe that if not for the New Testament, that there, there, there wouldn't be a way that we could be saved. So does that make me a Christian? Maybe, huh? but I don't question? believe that Jesus Christ is God, though. That's the so thing. What's your I, question, I bro? You're not a Christian. That wasn't my question. That was my answer to what that lady I'm said my about me. I know, uh, right? She's gonna make her a her un, her unfounded Man. statement about me. That was my response. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I mean, she's just a rock and roll star. Okay, so well, hey, let's reset. Let's hey, reset. Yes, that's I answer shit. Yeah, CJ, that's great. Yeah, let's reset a little bit because the guy, I, 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 I got to know his question now. But yeah, I mean, it's all going to work out in the end. Steph's going to be a great footstool for you. We've got her chains picked out and everything. But uh, what was your actual question? I, I would like to hear it. My actual <laughs> question? Uh, yeah, you had one. Why do so many Christians, uh, as a whole, why do y'all accept homosexuality? Uh, well, <laughs> does anyone on this stage? Ex well, well, hang on, <laughs> Hampton. I don't know you, but hang on. I mean, this this is fairly easy to. No, I mean, does we anyone? Know on, him. Well, oh, which one is he? Okay, anyway, so everybody. Okay, well, I'm not. I'll have to remember Hampton. But as far as the people who are professing Christians on this stage, who thinks homosexuality is fine and great and not a sin in the eyes of God? Three, two, one. Well, CJ, I can't speak for everyone else that thinks homosexuality is not a sin and is fine in the eyes of God, but none of those people are here right now. So I guess okay. that's the answer for me. That's I, I, I look. That's that's the one question that I always ask. I'm sure and it is. Nine times out of ten, I get the same answer that everybody say no, but there may or may not be one. So why do you keep asking it? Exactly. Why? Are why, you why? You see why? Have, be, like, because interest. because I be trying. Oh, sorry, I got a call. Because I be trying to filter it out. And especially the ones that got like, they'd be like, oh, no, I hate that stuff. And they got five gay kids. You're right. You they should stone them. It's, I I look, <laughs> this, and look, I am not saying by any means that you're like supposed to kill your children because they're homosexuals. Uh, My sons, I've got two sons and neither one of them is gay. I have five children. I got three boys and a girl. I, I have two sons. Uh, I have two so. sons. Well, can I ask you? Can I ask you? Gosh, hey, so, so I don't know where you get well, that from. Well, well okay. hang on. Look, again, like I said, I wasn't I wasn't talking about you, bro. 
You need to right, worry well, about CJ, why I... are you drunk at six twenty-eight in the morning? Okay, that's what you need to be. Worried. Um, I mean, that could have been a thing. Hang on, CJ. I'm not... I, I, I had two questions for you, CJ. Um, hey, let's first. Let's, hang on. Don't judge okay. me. Second, I haven't been to sleep yet. Third, I work grave. Fourth, you don't know the life I live. <laughs> I know you do. Okay, don't CJ. Okay. <laughs> right, like, hang on, CJ. My two questions for you would be: one, if you say you're not. Israelite or whatever Hebrew Israelite, um, but everything you every, every single thing you described was basically what a black Hebrew Israelite would describe. How are Probably. you not different? Well, hang on. How are you not different? And don't answer that yet. So how are you not different? That's the first one because you said everything they would say, but yet you say you're not one. So what is the actual difference? Are there like one or half of one or three? And then the second question is, if I had someone who was not like my belief, like you know Christian Jesus believer believes Jesus is God, uh, the way to heaven, all that. Um, and someone's like, what one question would you have for the other people? I'd say, you know, why have you not put your faith in Jesus, you know, who I believe is the one to, to give eternal life? Why have you not put your faith in Jesus alone to save you? Why have you not repented and believed the gospel? But then when it was presented, you, you know, I guess the us as non-believers or whatever and whatever you believe. So why would your first question be about gay sex and not why don't we follow, you know, the God that you believe is right? Those would be the two questions I have for you, because, you know, the gay thing seems not nearly as important as the God thing um, in the eternal sense. So those would be the two questions in any order you'd like to answer. I would say because I've been following that eternal God since I was a child, uh, since my great-grandmother first ever took me into the church. Uh, it may have been a Christian church, but I didn't know that. I didn't learn, I didn't even, I didn't learn any word Christian. The only thing I learned was God. I learned that, the most high. I learned God. I, I didn't even learn, I, I, I knew that Jesus was a prophet and I learned God. I didn't, that, I didn't, I didn't learn Christianity. I learned God. Yeah, that's that, not that's what I learned. question. I don't know what you learned in church, but. No, no, that's, well. Well, I learned how to answer the questions. Um, that's not the question. Do I well, need to re-say it again, or was I unclear? Oh, the, oh, well, my bad. I said, you know, I forgot he said I was drunk. So, yeah, my bad. Go ahead. Say it I again. Didn't say it. So my question is, if you started off asking one question to a bunch of people you thought, you know, were, were not believing the same thing as you, okay. why, wouldn't, why wouldn't your, like, first question to them be something to get them on the path to believing the same thing as you? Oh, so why wouldn't my first question be getting them on the path to believing the same thing as me? Yes, like instead of being like, hey, why don't you guys, you know, repent of your ways and follow Yah, praise, high, holy Yah, um, instead of like, what do you think about gay dudes? Yeah, that, that was my question. It just kind of hit me a little weird. that uh, Because it's, you know, some of, some of us are here to teach and some of us aren't. Uh, okay. I just... You know, I I ask what I ask. I believe I believe what I believe. And when you ask me a question after to say, "Hey, well, you know, why not? You know, ask us what to what you believe in." Which no, not one person has asked me what I believe in. Only what one person. Us? Only one person accused me of being an Israelite because they said that. The things that I said sound Israelite and yada yada yada, and okay. it's 
it's it's crazy because this Israelite thing's been blowing up, and you know, you see a black person that talks about God, and he's immediately an Israelite. No, we see okay, your well, well, profile and the God First gang and the rooms you've been in, and we think, oh, oh yeah, I lo- I, lo- I, I love listening to scripture. See- I you don't even literally black to be throwing the race card like that. So your name so is literally yeah. C Israel. That just, this, this is <laughs> like put I that got banned. Okay, hang, hang on, CJ. So, so fair, fair enough. Um, except for the, the whatever the last thing you said, but fair enough for the answering the question thing. Uh, by the way, I've never, I've never once thought, uh, you know, Apostle Sean down there was a Hebrew Israelite. Um, you know, <laughs> correct. Uh, just for the record. But the last thing, and then we'll move on to Hampton because he's been waiting for a while. Um, and just feels like he's barely keeping it together. <laughs> so thank you for your patience. We'll be right to you. But yeah, so uh, if you're, if you said, which you know, we didn't need to ask you what you believe because you, you said what you believe, right? Like you said, like ten things you believe, like. Jesus is not God, the almighty, you know, one God, uh, you know, the oh. God, you know, whatever you said, you said like 10 things. But so you said you believe like basically everything a black Hebrew Israelite would say they believe, yet you're not a black Hebrew Israelite. So what are like the no, one or three I differences I don't, that keep I you from just being say a this. Hebrew Israelite? I don't, I don't believe that white people are automatically condemned to hell. Which is what okay, a yeah. lot of white people seem to believe that black Hebrew Israelites believe. Uh, but you are a Hebrew Israelite? Is that? Well, oh, I, if I can be in his, if I can be a Hebrew Israelite, a black Hebrew Israelite, as you call it, and believe that white people aren't condemned no, wait, automatically. Do you identify as a he, are, are you Jewish? My mother is white, and my father is black, and I have four children that are very, very Caucasian. That seems irrelevant. Do you, do you identify as Jewish? Do I identify? Do I identify as Jewish? Do you identify as a Hebrew no. Israelite? Growing up in in Northern California, I identify as black. Uh, as I've been getting older and learning uh, a little more about who I am, I can't even say that it's me that identifies as one thing or another. I've, you know, I ran across the Israelites and if there was something that touched me there that was like, man, you know, maybe these my people. They was like, they asked me like, you know, who's your dad? And I was like, oh, my dad black. And they was like, oh man, you, you this, but okay. It, well, we've got it's, a, it's still something that sit a little funny with me, you okay. know. Like so. Well, yeah, we've got we've gotten a little ways away, but yeah, I think that explained it. And you know, for the record, like uh, at least most of the self-proclaimed black Hebrew Israelites we talk to don't necessarily think that you know the white devil's going to go to hell. Um, they they think that we're going to be slaves and you know footstools. Yeah, I don't want to enslave yep. you. Well, Mom, I, I have a white mother. I mean, sounds good to me. I don't want to be anyone's slave, nor do I want to have any. But, uh, well, yeah, thanks for answering those questions. We can come right back to this, but I wanted to give Hampton... Oh, Hampton's gone! I was going to say, since he's been so patient. But, uh, Stephen, what's up, Stephen, since you're here? And we can we can keep this going if you want, but I just wanted to take my head out of the oven for a quick second. What's up, Stephen? Did you, did you know what? I was going to ask you, um, Nate, is what's your experience been like? It's funny, I walk into this right when I was at, having this, this question and uh, asking a Christian. I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, I think on Clubhouse, um, I would say 
a big chunk of people identify as being nuts. Like they can say, I'm this, I'm that, and you ask a couple of questions. So I, I just assume people identify as being nuts on Clubhouse until other proven otherwise. That's just a, that's just a thing. That I, I, that's only half joking. So here's my question. My question was this. In the crossing of covenants uh, with believers outside of the app, I've seen this happen. Inside the app, I don't know about this. Um, God says, vengeance is mine. And have you experienced this outside of the app? When people become very mature in the faith, like they're trusting God at very high levels, they're very filled with God's word, they're, they're, they're walking out a strong, powerful Christian life and a Christian testimony to the world. And when somebody comes up against them, have you seen like God's vengeance on people that attack Christians in real life, because I've seen it in real life, and as and and, I, and I've had it happen to me. So I'm, I'm I'm deep in the Word. I'm I'm following Christ. I'm doing bold Christian things, bold bold things for the Lord. And then somebody comes up against me, criticize me, do something, and I've seen God's wrath just act very quickly on people. Have you experienced the same thing outside the app? Okay, I, I, I'll give you a specific example. Specific example. This person calls me a liar, this and that. Um, uh, I get together with a group and I say, look, that's really bothering me. We pray. And the next day, uh, that, that night, he has a family member killed. I'm like, what in the world? So I've just seen those type of things happen. And I was wondering what your, th your thought is on, on that, Nate. Does God's vengeance, have you seen it act in real life in your experience? That's all I wanted to ask you, Nate. I'm uh, in my experience, no. Um, I do see a lot of <laughs> kind of red flags going down that path, though. Um, I think, you know, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I see that, uh, I mean, you know, whatever the actual context is, I, I always kind of picture that as, you know, their day is coming. Um, not necessarily someone says, you know, something bad about me. Like that, I mean, not, you wouldn't do this, but that gets into like, don't touch the Lord's anointed, like, you know, crazy Christian stuff real quick. Um, like cult stuff. Um, so I, I, I think that's kind of like a red flag against that. But yeah, I, I've not seen it in my own life. Um, you know, I, I mean, I've heard stories um, of stuff like that. But who's to say if that's like, you know, God directly doing something or if it's just, Good. I don't know, it's just a coincidence. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. Chris, what do you have to say about that? Nate, I was going to ask you this on that. Is is you know I, I saw the same I saw the same theology where it's you know the uh, where I've heard it claimed I've never heard of you know don't mess with God's anointed and I'm like huh what does that mean really but the weird thing is Nate I mean I've seen things happen where it's just like oh somebody prays okay I'll say this I've seen more of that than I've seen like genuine like healing miracles I mean I've seen more you mess with the wrong Christian and and they pray or something and I was like. This if when I saw it happen for a few people, it freaked me out. They said, "No, no, it'll happen to you too sometime." I'm like, "No, I don't believe that." So then it happens. I'm like, and then more than once, and I'm like, "Is this just coincidence?" Because I'm in your camp, and more I'm like, "Hmm, let's write, let's see if this is a coincidence first before I start developing some theology around this." But I was wondering your your opinion. I appreciate your take on it, Nate. Thanks so much. Well, yeah, I definitely wouldn't develop theology around it. I'd say, you know, even if even if something like somehow happened, I I mean. Not, I don't, I don't think you can develop a, a real, anyway, a theology around it. But Chris, I would be interested to hear what you have to say.
I actually don't know what you would say, Chris. Are you, I have an are idea. You oh, shit. Oh, no, my I'm talking to Chris, talk too. I'm sorry. Yeah, I Chris forget Chris. my name on the app is CJ. My name's Chris, for real. So when you said Chris, I was talking to me. Oh, yeah, Christian Chris, Chris. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I would say that uh, we have no idea what God's wrath is, that none of us can even conceive of God pouring out his wrath on even one person one time, much less what his wrath is like, because it's infinite. And we get this idea from Isaiah, Isaiah 6, when just presented with God's holiness, Isaiah says, I am undone. That means he would rather be, have been uncreated than experience what he's experiencing at that moment, being in the holy presence of God, even in a vision. And so he then was God's prophet and he was redeemed. Imagine, imagine God's wrath poured out on someone. We can't. And so to say that we've seen God's wrath, I think is, I think that's really a, that's maybe a, it's not a great understanding of just what God's wrath is. Well, I mean, that, that's a fair point about the, you know, like the, the fullness of God's wrath. But I mean, is that to say then, so, so what if he dialed it back? He's like, okay, maybe not God's full eternal hellfire torture wrath, but what if, you know, he, you know, someone like said something bad against a Christian and, you know, God made them slip on a banana pill. Right. So, so that God without, because, because I mean, think about it. They were martyring Christians right and left. There was all kinds of people, you know, doing all sorts of terrible things to Christians all through Christian history. It's not like Christians were calling down fire on people. This is ridiculous. This is a charismatic nonsense. Um, it's heresy. Um, I would say that our experiences need to match scripture. And when they do not match scripture, that we question our experiences and not scripture. Well, you all are not making my job easy. Um, so I'm, I'm somewhere between, between, uh, whatever Steve is saying, uh, Stephen's saying and not going, you know, not going like full, full gnar about it. And somewhere short of where Chris is saying it's absolute heresy. I'm, I'm trying to thread this needle. Steven, do you have a response to that? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of kind of like a not as nice way as I said it earlier. Yeah, because I, I don't know. Because when I read the Bible, I get that there's some people that are, um, they look at the Old Testament and they go, okay, no, that's not for today. That's well, happening. there was Elisha. Yeah, yeah, Elisha and, and the bears. And then the other place I see it is when Jesus says he can call down um, legions of angels. Like, are we allowed to do stuff like but that? But no, we are not so allowed the, to do stuff like that. Let's make that really clear. God does not just give us this unlimited God power that all Christians wield. And the only reason we don't wield it is because we don't have enough faith. That's what I'm talking about with heresy. Is you're going to get a lot of NAR people running around out there as complete and utter God haters that are teaching aberrant doctrines and doctrines of demons that you somehow have miracle power bottled up in you. And if you just have enough faith that you can manipulate the miracle power of God, that is the heresy I'm referring to. And the people who are saying that or teaching that or saying that to you, Stephen, run far away because they will split hell wide open. Those and Steve, Stephen, is that is that um, is that the position you were coming from, or were you just like, well, what, 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 what? Hang on, Dot or Harold, you're 
Can, can I ask another question after everybody's done? Uh, yes, after this. Yeah, we'll yes. Right to you. So, and then next, well, hang on. Stephen, I just want to clarify what I, you know what I'm saying. I just want to clarify. Like, you're not necessarily coming from that position. Like, you know, people were saying that, and, you know, you're like, I don't know, following people with pink hair profits. Um, are you more just saying, hey, I don't have any idea about what Chris is talking about? I've just noticed, you know, when I, you know, when I'm following God and I'm just being a good Christian and people, you know, do these things, things happen to them. Or are you saying this is based off some teaching or this is like out of nowhere and this is just an observation? Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, you know, God's got this. And it, when, as, as I'm talking about, like when you're praying for things, like you're allowed to be praying, like, like was, was David wrong to be, to pray for, to be delivered from his enemies? Like you're, no, 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 no. You're not supposed to pray for, to be delivered from your enemies. Like you're not supposed to pray for those things. Because when I've seen people pray for being delivered from, I'm not talking about a teaching. Forget the teaching. I've seen people pray when they're being attacked by somebody. And I've seen, um, well, I mean, even Genesis, God will bless those that bless you. And he'll curse those that curse you. That may be, hey, look, that was only Old Testament. God doesn't curse people in the New Testament. I don't know. But I do see that in the Bible. So you can't say like that's nowhere in the Bible. You can say, look, you can you can see it here, 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 and here. But I know I do hear when I see heresy, I don't, I don't know where the heresy part comes from. I don't uh, well, well, Chris was, well, Chris was talking about, uh, well, Chris was talking about the part that I mean, legitimately is not in the Bible, right? That like the word of faith movement, like, you know, how, like he specifically said, like, you know, the stuff, like, you know, you have healing miracles of God bottled up in you. And if you just have faith, like kind of faith to move a mountain, if mountains aren't moving, it's because people lack the faith. So like you have miracles to like control destiny and to like force the hand of God to do stuff like, you know, all that stuff, like none of that's in the Bible. Right, it's just this kind of like new apostolic it's, rev, uh, it's reformation in the doctrine. Bible when the devil tempted him to say like, "Hey, uh, if you are this, then you know, do this." No, CJ. That's nothing. Well, that that's nothing. Again, that's nothing to do with what we're talking about. Uh, but I, I would just say that's what he was talking about, Stephen. But um, yeah, there's CJ and Nick. Uh, so so I, but, but here, to to be clear, um, is there like legalism, like? No, you can't pray to be delivered from like your enemies. Like, no, that's a heresy to even pray that. You need to just suck up and take it and not. I would pray to be delivered uh, all day long. Uh, yeah, because I, I don't know. That, it, that's it, not it, what, it, hey, Brother Stephen, that's not what Chris is trying to tell you, man. Listen. Uh, no, it's simple. Jesus, Jesus prayed, Jesus prayed that he would be delivered from all those that hated him. He prayed for everyone that were enemies against him. He prayed that he would be uh, that he would be avenged of his oppressors. He prayed all those prayers based off of the Psalms. All the apostles prayed were based off of what the Psalms said, because the Psalms were prayers. There's nothing wrong with praying to be delivered from your enemies. What Chris is trying to explain to you is that there is a there is a movement called the word of faith movement and the word of faith movement teaches that people can call fire down from heaven it teaches that people can move mountains it teaches that you can just work a miracle at any given point in time that's that's what chris is trying to was trying to explain to you but as far as what you're explaining or what you're asking Yes, it is completely fine to pray that God would deliver you from your enemies because everyone in the Bible prayed to be delivered from their enemies. That's practically what majority of the Bible is about. Plus one eight. 
So there's nothing wrong with praying for that, brother. Can, 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 I, can, I, can I give an honest testimony before I uh, get off of here? Oh, uh, sorry, hang on one second. I, 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 I got a call. Did you say, can you give your testimony? I want to say since you're not a Christian, no. I just don't want to give awkward uh, of that. Well, we obviously I'm, I'm, I just, I just, I don't uh, give qualification to any religion. That's why okay, it's so, a no. So no. Um, but Stephen, uh, oh, is Stephen gone? Ah. Uh, did Steven leave? No, he's still here. Yeah, he's still here. Oh, where is he? Oh, Steven. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to say if you're still there, I don't. Uh, you didn't have to move down. Um, you feel free to come up if you like. And hey, for welcome. But Steven, I was gonna say, like biblically speaking, I think um, it would be much more instead of you know trying to look at it as like a, you know they said something bad about me. Um, I, I would like to. I, I don't know if what you were saying you would like to be able to pray for vengeance or you just observed it happen and you're like, oh well, I don't really didn't really ask for it, but I noticed it happening. I, I forgot what uh, I forgot where you're coming from with that, but I would say more than anything, I'd say um, you know bless those who persecute you, right? So uh, you know the Bible I think talks a lot more about you know if you unduly suffer for the cause of Christ, then you know you're going to have a great day in heaven one day. And in the meantime, if you have a choice between praying vengeance upon someone or praying for their salvation, um, as hard as it may be, I can't say I would be doing that for them, but I'm sure that's the right answer. Um, so, you know, if there's a choice between praying vengeance or praying for their salvation for them and their family and stuff like that to come to the saving knowledge of Christ, I'm sure that is the right answer, even though we would have a very, very difficult time doing it. Um, that, that's what I would um, say to cap that off. Hey, Nate. Hey, April. Yeah, what's up? Uh, Nate, this, uh, uh, in the New Testament, the only time I see someone doing that is when Paul is in 2 Timothy and he said, may the Lord render to Alexander than the coppersmith, the silversmith, who did me much, much harm. That's the only time I see someone in the in the New Testament after Christ's resurrection praying that kind of prayer. Only the when they were persecuted during in Acts chapter four, when uh, Peter and John had come back from the Sanhedrin, they made a prayer. They said, "Lord." Fill us with the Holy Spirit, that that your service may speak your word boldly, and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of the, your Holy Son Jesus. And then the Bible says the Lord did answer the prayer and filled everybody in that place with the Holy Spirit. And then they spoke the word of God boldly, and then with with great power did they give witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and great grace was upon them all. So there's, 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 a, 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 what you're saying is right. Like I said, I only read it one time in the New Testament and that's in second Timothy when Paul is about to die. And I don't that's even know it. if we can, I mean, can we, I mean, I guess you could, could, we could quibble. Can we say that's a prayer or like a pronouncement or just like, Lord, you know, let this be how you're going to let it be. Like this guy's going to get what's coming to him. I don't even know if that's like a prayer for vengeance or just kind of like, Yes. Anyways, uh, yeah. yeah thanks a, for sharing that. It was, it was a statement. I don't think it was a prayer, Nate. So, I just think it. Paul knew he had seen. He knew the wrath of God is poured out every day from heaven. He preached at Corinth. He said, "Some of you have not done as directed. That's the reason some of you have died already." 
that's what a number sleep a number of you sleep means so uh, you can see the wrath of god and it is poured out from heaven but he is the most merciful avenger than that that we'll ever you know have anything or have something to do with that's well, god if Bob's agreeing with me, I need may need to reevaluate. <laughs> Just kidding, Bob, but not really. Um, uh, it's Second <laughs> Timothy four fourteen, by the way. Oh, thank you. I'm just playing, Bob. Mostly, <laughs> uh, Nick. Nick, you've been waiting. What's up, Nick? Do you have anything to say? Well, touching on the topic, I guess it might be a good time to bring up. What are your thoughts on the Word of Faith, New Apostolic Reformation, the difference uh, well, in what, what they say? Okay. You know, faith is. And the distinction between what they're talking about now is for praying for certain things that we know are his will versus, you know, the way they tell us to pray. Uh, well, I take a pretty hard line and call them heretics. Chris is a lot more sympathetic to their cause. I'm just uh, OK. I'm kidding. So, yeah, the word of faith. Um, so so there's there's like the if you could clarify your question a little bit to set Chris on the correct path <laughs> instead of just taking fire and gas to everything. But um when you when we talk about the word of faith movement, right, like the new apostolic reformation, like all of that. So not even just someone that would say they're a charismatic because that needs a little more understanding. So not Pentecostal, not charismatic, but it's like charismatic. And then you go way off. So so not everyone who says they're a charismatic is these people. This is like a, a branch of a branch of these people. Anyways, so if, as far as that, what these people believe, like a lot of people you'll see on like, you know, church channels. um, like cable church channels, like preaching, like the prosperity gospel. Um, like, you know, you can, you can like, I mean, what Chris said earlier, if you're here, like you can do these miracles, like it's, it's very unbiblical, like the stuff they say, even like the, they have their own like kind of lingo and terminology. It's like, you know, you, um, it's all about faith. And if something doesn't happen, it's a problem with you. So like, you know, if you want a better career, you can speak it. It's like one step away or basically the same as like Oprah's thing. Like the, um, like wh whatever the thing Oprah was into, um, like the guest she had on, I don't, that's about the the extent of my knowledge. Right, consciousness. So that, yeah, so like you can kind of will some new existence. You can like bend the forces of nature and stuff. Um, and then God somehow ties into that, like whatever they view God as. So when we talk about the, the NAR and Word of Faith movement, we're not talking about anything remotely related to like biblical Christianity. So it's not, not like Christians that may believe something that sounds like that. And then they get like crucified for it. Like people that legitimately like say they're a Christian, but then they believe this whole doctrine of stuff that is just very anti-Christian. Um, so, so that's the word of faith thing when we, you know, affectionately call it. But then can you clarify your question a little bit more? Um, I think that was the first part, but then what was the second part? You asked how it um, where, where like intersects with the Bible, with just things we actually can ask for and actually can do as believers. Was that the question? Where they would say something like faith is a blank check. And you just make it out to whatever you want it to be, and God will do it. Or they say in Jesus' name is like writing a blank check. You know, you can write it for whatever you want, and God is obligated. How do we, uh, what would be the proper way to pray versus just saying faith is, you know, in whatever you want, if you believe it. You oh, okay. Uh, oh, that, that may actually be a, a good question, which may be a different direction than where we're going. Put down your knives, Chris. So like, what, what can we actually pray for? I'd say, you know, when Jesus tells us like what to pray for, it's in the will of the father. So even if you don't know what that is, like, you know, you pray for the father's will to be done. So anything you're praying in the name of the father, 
that's the type that's the type of gear like mentality we should have so you know it's like well you know i i pray for i don't know something something fleeting or something temporal um i don't think it's necessarily wrong to pray for you know peace shelter safety health you know decent career decent car stuff like that i don't think it's necessarily wrong but ultimately when people want to know like what we should be praying for it's the will of god so we know that would be things like you know salvation like you know god's not willing that any should perish that all come to repentance so i think we should be you know praying for you know things like salvation knowledge of him uh you know in the will of the father that's that's my answer and then we can branch out with what that means but chris would you like to speak to that and then anyone else or anyone else I mean, I think everybody's done a pretty good job with it. I don't really have anything. How about you, Sean? Well, I what are certainly the types of can't things say, should be I, I certainly can't say that in my apostleship is equal with Christ or the original apostles of the Lamb or the writers of the New Testament. That would be heresy. Um, and And those who say that their things aligns with the same posture of scripture as I was just doing a little research on this new apostolic reformation. And I see it was started by C. Peter Wagner, who actually was a very uh, profound professor of New Testament, the New Testament at one time in a, a full of theological seminary. Uh, at yet, one uh, time. Notice my words. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Steve Peter Wagner went way off the rails and apostatized. Wagner wrote some very profound books, but then he went left, as all of us have the propensity to do. (laughs) Uh, He went out from us uh, because he was never ever. I don't broad brush. I, I can say the man fell. I can say the man fell. I can say the man fell. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, and I was looking at, at who some of the leaders were. Uh, so, but I know it, the founder of the new Apostolic Reformation is uh, Wagner. Now, as far as the word of faith movement, <laughs> see, there, you have to differentiate because if you don't know, you don't know. Well, do you know Kenneth you know Copeland or, or Kenneth, Kenneth Hagen? Copeland would be considered a word of faith. Yeah, he's word of faith. But there's some overlap uh, between some of their How about stuff. Kenneth Hagen? He dead and gone. That's where Kenneth Copeland is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking is, about his son. Now, his son, Kenneth, now his son has said some crazy stuff. I, his son said some crazy stuff. I, that, that, that I, that, you know, that I would like, I would think that would make People look at like, what you say? <laughs> Even those in the Word of Faith movement have had problems with um, some of the things uh, Kenneth Hagin Jr. has said. I have problems with some of the things he has said. Uh, uh, but uh, it, the ignorance of folks who don't know and don't know how to understand, the term apostle today really means missionary. And and missionaries do what? They go into other places where the gospel is not preached, plant churches, follow up with churches, plant um, 
colleges and universities that uh, people may be disciple. That's what missionaries do. Um, so that's that's so that's 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 a difference between a true apostle versus some of this stuff that I'm hearing and I'm reading about, which is obviously crazy. No, my, no, ain't no way in the world I can say I can write another chapter or another book for the Bible. Then I want you to kick me out. All right. Well, <laughs> why? Why? Well, instead, I'll just move on to the next person. Why, why would? <laughs> hey, hang on, Bob. Hang on. Uh, hang on, Bobby Bob. Uh, there's a new person. We keep meet, missing new people. Uh, and Shika, what's up? Did you have anything to say? I think Sam came up first. Oh, we know Sam. I don't know Anshika. Oh, okay, my bad. And I guess we Sam, never will. Sam, she you old and busted. Hey. Sam, you old and busted, apparently. All right, Sam. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll dust you off. What's up? You know that uh, that uh, you know the whole deliverance thing is is it's a thorn in in the side of of the true church because it's some foolishness. People talking about Christians being delivered, delivered from what? That that's how you become a Christian. He he gave his life that we might be delivered. So if you actually are become a believer through the faith in the gospel, then you are delivered. Now, however, after being delivered, we have instructions as to how to yield to God since his spirit dwells in us and how to sanctify ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. That's just what that's the way it is. We don't continue in disobedience because we are made new. The other thing is that people want to turn, uh, they're just like Simon the Sorcerer in the book of Acts. They want to turn the power of God into a sideshow. They want, hey, how much can I get for uh, levitating and walking on water or, you know, (laughs) having mountains move? We don't have any instructions for playing games with the faith. And in fact, in the book of James, if you don't mind, let me just read it in the Berean Bible. It says, you crave what you do not have. You kill and covet, but are unable to obtain it. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask. And when you do ask, this is the part that's important. You ask not to receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may squander it on your pleasures. God's not answering these prayers of these charlatans. I say too much. I'm a, I'm a mute. Well, I think that's, I think that's good, except, you know, when people, I don't know, maybe I'm too generous. Um, <laughs> that's why I got you guys to even me out. But, you know, when people, when people, t- uh, <laughs> when people talk about deliverance ministries, I don't know, deliverance ministry maybe a little strikes that you're a little weird. But if people talk about deliverance, like, yeah, you're right, Sam. I mean, when you are a Christian, you know, when you accept Christ, when you believe Christ, when you repent and believe the gospel, that you are delivered in the eternal spiritual sense. Some people would argue that you're delivered from everything at that moment. So, you know, whatever, quote, addiction someone would have, uh, just stop being addicted. So there are plenty of people who would say that. But I, I would think, uh, you know, whenever people talk about, you know, deliverance ministries, if they're talking in the sense that, yes, you're alive in Christ, you know, when you die or whatever, you're going to be with your Lord and Savior forever. In the spiritual sense, the ultimate sense, you are delivered. Congratulations. That's the entire point of Jesus. However, if someone's been a lifelong alcoholic, um, you know, they may not immediately be able to quit cold turkey and never have a drink. 
that may be where like, you know, the 12 steps, which I think is or was a Christian based ministry comes into play. That may be where, you know, some deep discipleship and uh, study, maybe some prayer, um, you know, like uh, developing a closer walk with Christ, you know, in, in help. Um, instead of just saying, nope, you're a Christian, you're delivered now, stop doing heroin. It's like, you know, that may take a little bit of, I don't know, I wouldn't mind having some people pray me through that, you know, like say some prayers, you know, keep me in your prayers. Like I like to stop sticking needles into my arm. So whenever I hear deliverance ministry, if it's something like that, that makes very good sounding biblical practical sense. Sure. Say some prayers for me in addition to, you know, me believing I'm eternally delivered in Christ. Um, you know, yeah, I, I uh, but mean, if that... they talk about deliverance ministry and like, you know, they're casting spooky exorcist demons out of Christians and stuff like that, I'm like, nah, Christians can't be possessed. So no, that's wrong. Not at all. And see, now when we talk about, when we talk about heroin, cigarettes, alcohol, these things are not natural. These things come from, from just our personal affliction of drinking and doing drugs. If you get rid of the drugs, then that takes care of that. Doesn't have anything to do with having been delivered from sin. The person that is born of God is not a slave to sin. Sin can no longer control them unless they yield to sin. But as far as like these, you know, like I eat too many donuts because I'm Reach. a I'm a carboholic, right? Well, if I stop eating that many donuts at the wrong times of day and bring my insulin into uh, order, then I won't have these cravings that I have from these unnatural things. So what you're saying is very valid. We need to help every believer who is struggling with these natural things and we need to inform them that from the works of the flesh, they have been completely delivered and don't have to be a victim to it any longer. But if we're telling people, yeah, you're a believer, but you just cannot quit doing that thing that you all, you just can't help it. And I'm not talking about these things that are, are synthetic. I'm talking about stuff that we have actually been delivered from. I, I, I've known people throughout the years who the Lord they, they got saved, like what you do, you do you, you get saved. But they said, I'm struggling with these cigarettes. And I tell them then, oh, you've been set free from the cigarettes too. You just don't recognize it, right? And they come back later on after maybe three years and say, man, you know what? I woke up one morning and, and, and realized that I am free. And they stopped right then after all of that time. So, and, and see, I, I agree with that, but I think that could be like, you know, one way of defining a uh, quote deliverance ministry, right? So like it, it all, you know, it, it's all about the definition. So like what you just said, like, I, I totally agree with you. And it, it's like, you know, part of, even if maybe, maybe you get the deliverance movement, a better title. Um, and so the yeah. thing is delivering, be like, well, we're called deliverance movement. And what we mean by that is actually helping you realize that you've been delivered this whole time, because, you know, in, in my, um, my understanding of some of the deliverance movement, certainly, you know, some is probably good and what we're talking about and others is nuts, but it would be that it would be like, look, um, you've been delivered. You have the power in Christ. You can do all things in Christ that strengthens you, you know, and they'll cite all the relevant Bible verses to back up what you just said. So a lot of the quote deliverance movement is just letting them know and realize that they've already been delivered. Um, so in that sense, well, yeah, you're, you're just <laughs> we like, we call it on someone's we call it fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And then you, you said another thing, right? Like, don't let sin, uh, sin gain a foothold. Like right. you said, and unless these people surrender to it. Well, there's a lot of people that surrender to stuff. So, you know, yeah. I, I mean, that could be part of it, too. Like teaching them how to, hey, don't surrender to this stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Which is, which is, what, which is what, according to Ephesians, what the pastors and teachers and apostles and everybody's supposed to be doing. Teaching us how not to fail when we don't have to. Oh, uh, God. You know what's amazing? I'm going to say this. I'm going to shut up. Uh, Jesus died for the ungodly, right? In that same passage, it said he justified the ungodly. So God already knows who we are when he came to save us. So we're going to deal with the the uh, the residue of who we used to be. That's why he says in Corinthians, you, you were this, you were that, you were the other. But you've been washed, you've been sanctified. Yeah. He, he had more problems out of those people in Corinthians but he let them know the position that they now have versus who they used to be. So it's a growth process, sanctification and holiness. We weren't born holy. We need to be sanctified. Yes, but captive, no. Well, and I can say, um, I've, you know, as, an, as a new believer or around the time I was saved, you know, as a lost person, definitely alcohol was a big thing with me. And, you know, got in some trouble and got ordered to take some of those AA classes. And when you go in there, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It was a Christian program. It's not anymore. Atheist guy got involved sometime during the founding and whatever. And he changed a lot of stuff to where it's just uh, not Christian anymore. But if you go in there, their whole mentality is, their whole philosophy is, their whole view of man is once an addict, always an addict. And when you introduce yourself, you have to say, I'm so-and-so and I'm an addict. And this was sometime after I was saved and I got in those classes and, you know, I had to go like five of them. And I said, Hey, I'm Nick and I am not an addict. I'm like, Christ has set me free from that. I'm a new creature. Those people wanted, would want to fight me. I'm serious. Those people lost their mind when I said that, like they could not stand. They liked the idea of being a victim and the fact that this is who you are. You can't do anything because their mentality is, it's like a sickness so if it's something, if addiction to alcohol and, and drugs is something like, you know, cancer, then it's a more noble thing. Like you're fighting cancer, you know, this is, but if you view it as a sin and it's, you're accountable for it, you're responsible for it, that puts the responsibility and the blame on you. And they don't like that. And so when I say, you know, I'm not that anymore, Christ set me free, you know, that's not who I am anymore. Uh, they, they really didn't like that because they liked their, their victim mentality. They like to think they're, they're just a victim of some kind of, disease that they have no power over they don't want to view it as a sin so uh yeah that flies completely against what what they teach you in there and plus if they teach you that what kind of mentality is that you have a defeat well this is just who i am i'm a slave to this you know i just really can't overcome it just they say fake it till you make it all this like if you have that mentality that you're really still a slave to that that's going to influence how you live but if you believe what the bible says the bible says consider yourselves dead to sin why does it say that? Because you really are. That's who you are now in Christ. It says you've been set free. You're, you're no longer a slave to sin. You're a slave to righteousness. And if your mentality is, this is who I am in Christ, that's going to affect how I live. Now, those things, look, there are some people that are so bad on alcohol, if they just quit, some of those people would die. So, yeah, there is a physical dependence, and people have died. Uh, with some of these drugs and things, there is a physical dependence where if you just quit cold turkey, you would really need some help, some kind of medication, something to help you with that. Uh, but yeah, you're definitely not a slave to that anymore in that sense. And uh, real quick, um, 
Brandon, I know you're first. I, I don't recognize Minister, though, so I'd like to give the new people a chance to say something. Uh, Minister, what's up? Did you have anything to say? I think I'm awake. I'm All listening right. very carefully, though, but, you know, I think I will wait for him. All right, we'll check back in in a second. Random, what's up, Random? How's your day going? Do you have a question or anything? Or a topic of interest? Random? If you're speaking. Thought I saw him on mute. All right, well, uh, yeah. What else about uh, that? Did anyone have a response for Nick? Sounds pretty good to me. How about you, Steph? You've been quiet for a while. Are you hanging out in chat, keeping keeping us in line? Oh, I'm just uh, marking my calendar as the first time I got a death threat from Ask a Christian. What? Today? Just now? What? 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 Did, did this just happen? No, yeah. look, he's like, I'm going to find some of you. And then he changed his PDR to a picture of his gun hanging out of his pocket. Wow. It's probably Dude. fine. The guy who we wouldn't let give his testimony. Oh, he's mentally, the mentally I don't even see guy. him anymore. I don't even wow. see him in the room anymore. He's, he's not in the room anymore, but you can scroll up in the chat. Y'all Christians, remember oh. when you shunned me and I'll find some of you. Okay, so, wow. And he so has the Steven. testimony. Now he oh. needs to be delivered. Now that's well, someone needs delivered for real. Well, yeah, I mean, that's someone who's not, not alive in Christ. So, yes. Um, and, and so case in point, Stephen, this going back to our conversation earlier, this would be the time where, uh, you know, if you have a if you have a choice of, you know, praying for God's vengeance upon someone who I guess is giving death threats or all of us uh, versus, you know, praying for, uh, you know, the light to be shown to him so we can have an actual relationship with Christ. Um, uh, even though it's difficult. The, uh, you know, Alive in Christ one, I, I know, has to be the right answer. Um, anyway, so there we go. We get a real-life example we can all practice on. So my question uh, <laughs> is, if he dies, would he go to heaven? Based on what he's told us so far, uh, no. He rejects Christ, rejects some. Um, Thank uh, you. Rejects... That's what I want to know, long as it's correct. What's that? He would go straight okay. to heaven for that. Well, not for yeah. that, right? He's yes, he would. Yes, he would. Listen, he's not going to go straight to hell for threatening. He's going to no, go no. to hell because he denies Christ. That's yeah, that's why. what we said. But that's even, what we're oh, all talking exactly, about. Exactly, for what Nate oh, said. Right. Yeah, okay. Sorry. But also because of what he did, if he was to actually do that, you would go straight to hell. I don't care what nobody would say. You doing wrong would send you straight to hell. It would not send you to hell. We all do wrong. You don't have to actually do anything to go to hell. Yeah, we're, our default position is we're all going to hell. Not necessarily. Hang on before hang on before this hang on before this completely blows up. Uh, yeah. Hang on before before this completely blows up. Um yeah, Minister, nice to meet you. Just know that I have the purest intent here. And uh well, I was you know, listening. I like I like people I like people to say what they want to say. But um yeah, so as long as uh, I, I don't know. Like more times than not, it seems like we agree. Like that could have gone off the rails right there, right? Like people thought you were saying we were going to hell for like uh, you know, the guy was gonna go to hell for threatening people when it turns out we were talking about, you know, he's rejecting Christ. Um so I don't know. I would urge a little uh, a little bit of I don't know, what's the word, guys? Help me out. Words are escaping me this morning. A little bit of he would need some encouragement, grace. No, no, I mean, I mean, for the discussion that's about to happen. Um, like whenever, like cool. whatever you just said, the uh, word like is you just good, said, Nate. Hold on, it's called like, patience. Whenever you just, all right, yeah, patience maybe or something else. But yeah, whenever you just said, minister, like you know, not uh, 
he wouldn't necessarily go to hell for whatever you said that everyone was about to jump on you on. I just want you to know that, you know, you're welcome here anytime you want. So I'm just trying to keep us together. All right. So, yeah, you guys talk to minister <laughs> or minister. Do you have any actual question or um, did you want to talk about whatever they're about to jump on? I you like for what Pastor Sam said, though. I really believe I really enjoyed what he said. Which part? His entire statement. I enjoyed uh, everything that he said it was very encouraging to me. Okay. About the deliverance. Yeah, because I really believe that a lot of us need to be delivered every day because we all need to have something that we should work on every day. You know, no, nobody's perfect and everybody has something that they can focus on and maybe also help somebody else. Sure. But not everybody has demons that need to be cast out of them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy this new Calvinist stage. That's pretty good, Pastor Sam and Nate. Oh, boy. Now we can fight. Man, you know what? I think I come really, really close to Calvinism, but I can't can't drink the the water, man, because there's too many. uh, There's not not too many. There's only one. There's only one reason why I can't be Calvinist, because the scripture does not <laughs> it does not have place for Calvinism. Put me in the Don't worry. We'll get me in the queue, please. In the queue, well, not in okay, the you're, Okay, you're in the queue. So, uh, Minister, going back to what you said that I guess everyone just forgot, um, including mostly me, we were talking about going to heaven, and someone said something that I thought we all agreed on, like, you know, if you reject Christ, you go to hell. And then someone I, I someone said, um, you don't if you do anything don't, to go to hell. Like, yeah. Well, hang on. I'm, I'm trying to get back to what minister said that set everyone off. Um, you said that if you don't follow Christ, like if you're not, you know, professing Christ, following his a disciple of Christ, you don't necessarily go to hell. That was what I think perked everyone's ears up. Do you want to clarify that, Pastor? So if someone is not born again, does not have eternal life in Christ, they still may not go to hell. Is that what you were saying? Or No, they would. OK, so so, yeah, the only way to heaven. Jesus He's only Christ, through Christ Jesus. Well, yeah, everybody knows that. So, so I th- what, what seemed like everybody was about to jump on him for was someone said that the default position uh, is going to hell, and that's when Minister said not, 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 not exactly. Okay. Oh, and he's on the phone. I guess we'll ask yeah. him about that when we all like sheep going straight well, yeah, I mean, Chris. I mean, that, I, that could be argued, right? Like even the default position for you know those who God fucks up um their default position is not hell because god always knew they were always going to be saved right so you would say their default position was always chosen to be in heaven right well you could be well, chosen no. but not, you don't experience that until in, in, that would be eternal justification we don't believe in that whoa See, that's uh, when I need to shut up and I won't say nothing because I disagree with that. Well, I think I may disagree. I say anything wrong now because of what I said before. No, eternal well, no, I think I may need, I, I think I may disagree too. Uh, no, Nick, I'm talking about like, you know, from Chris's, you know, weird Calvinist thing. Like, he, I mean, it could be, it could be articulated different ways to say the same thing as what I'm getting at. So like, if you say the default position is hell, like that's, that's the orthodox common Christian understanding is, you know, without Christ, then yes, hell is your default position. So you need to become spiritually alive by being born again in Christ and receiving eternal life, just like he says. 
However, I was trying to put on my Calvin hat there for a second and think, well, even Chris would believe that probably. But if you argued it from a Calvin perspective, like, you know, God always knows who he's going to save. So the person who he has always known is going to be in heaven because he's going to elect them. They are the elect. Well, their default position, I was asking, could sort of be argued that it's always heaven because God always knew. That was all I'm saying. For, I was trying. If I messed up your Calvin, that's a, Chris. Yeah, that's incorrect. So what you're talking about is something called what what Nick rightly called eternal justification, and okay. nobody actually believes that. That's a heresy. Okay. Okay. Then back okay. to the fir- back to the first thing we said. Then, so we all agree. Well, yeah. Correct. Those who even those God elects are not. They're under the wrath of God until. In real time, the Spirit regenerates their heart, and they repent and believe the gospel, and have the righteousness of Christ. Like they are under the wrath of God until that point. Now, eternal justification is what hyper Calvinism would teach. I believe it would teach something like that: you are justified uh, just as you were chosen before the foundation of the world. You were justified, uh, righteous somehow before the foundation of the world. We wouldn't. We wouldn't teach that. We'd teach that happens at a point in time when a person when conversion happens. Okay, so it's more of like a like a academic point more than a practical point because academically, uh, yeah, like you know that everything has to happen, the justification, the you know the things all have to happen like a millisecond away from each other. Um, so that's like the academic standpoint. But I mean, you know, for all of us, uh, practically, it's like God already knows where we're going to end up. Well, knowing so, like, I get it. Yeah, God knows where we'll end up. But that does not change the fact that we are under the wrath of God. Yes. Until we actually believe in time. Now it says we were we were no different than the rest. Uh, it's point set out in places like Ephesians, like we we were no different than than the rest of fallen humanity, until besides the fact that we were elected. But as far as our nature and who we are and what we deserve, like yeah, we were under the wrath of God, even as the rest. It says. All right. So everyone is saying the default position is straight to hell. Well, if you if you if you don't receive Christ, hell is your holding cell. Come on, Apostle, okay, tell me. Uh, it's your holding cell. Mm-hmm. The lake of fire will be your eternal prison. Well, that yeah, part that means, you know. <laughs> that's what that's the word. Yeah, it says death this and hell. Yeah, what death and hell, it? right? Uh huh. Hey. Can I ask a question to uh, Chris real fast? Well, a couple of questions, actually. How come you can't ask? <laughs> um, so, okay. Help me understand, first off, help me understand what it means to be chosen in the Calvinist. I don't understand the question. What do you mean, what does it mean to be chosen? Uh, like, if I said, what does it mean to be a dog? And someone say, well, you have to bark, you have to have four legs, you have to have fur, a long snout, so on and so forth. So if I, so if God chose you, what does it mean to be chosen? It doesn't change your human ontology. All it does is says that God chose you from begin from the before the foundation of the world to believe. That's all. So there's all the believing ones in John three. That's his choosing. Okay, so so to be chosen, that means that, hey, I picked you to one day believe the gospel. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 
So um, then if if someone's already chosen before the foundation of the world, can they be unchosen? No. Okay. So then that means they're already, so would you say that they're already destined to be justified? Sure. Oh, so they're not so justified they're, until the moment that they believe. So they are, right. they are still children of wrath up until the moment that we believe. What scripture gotcha. do you have to back that up? Oh, wait, wait, hold on. I'm just trying to get an understanding of you. So then if they're already chosen to be justified, then that means there's no other way that it could be. Then So then essentially, I mean, they're in essence already eternal justified because they're already going to be justified anyway. Well, that's what I was saying, Harold, and that, that's when they shot me down because he, he's saying it's an ap- academic point. So that's well, not is that pra- pra- Well, because yes, Harold. I mean, we, we yeah, we just had that. So if they're destined to be justified in some sense, like that a very was, heretical. That wasn't me. Sense, that was me. That wasn't me. That was me. That wasn't you who was just asking that. He no, asked, I, I, I asked it, but when when you started answering, that was Nick who came off mic that you said, Harold. Well, no, oh no! I was, I was talking to you. Well, hang, hang on, I, I was talking. I was talking to you, Harold, to your question. When you said, "Can't you, if if they're destined to be justified, and we know they're going to be justified, can't you just say they're always justified?" And then that's the thing we just said that I was speaking to. So, in some way, they would call heresy. You could sort of, kind of say, "Well, since they're going to be justified, let's just say they are justified." But then they would say what Chris just said, which is, "No, no, you can't say that. That's incorrect." Because even though it's like very, very close to a technicality. They are not technically justified until the moment they are actually justified. So even though we know they're going to be, you can't say that. That's like that's like saying I'm I'm going to eat in an hour from now. So I've already eaten now. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah, not actually the same thing because we 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 don't hold eternity in our hands. We're talking about God, and so when we're speaking about God, it's a whole nother paradigm it's not i'm gonna eat in an hour it's 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 a whole different scope because we're talking about eternity and when you guys are saying that people are uh are chosen and in in uh before the foundation of the world then what what uh what nate and harold brought up stands and remains to be true that they are they're already justified no matter what nope they're Save no matter no. what. No, 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 no. They, you're they, misunderstanding. They, I don't have to accept be. Christ because I'm already chosen, so I don't need to accept no, Christ. God already no. chose. Oh, oh my God! Hey, hang on, yeah, like, let's let's end this. Yeah. I'm like we getting that. Yeah, this is. Oh my goodness, I, I can't. Like this is doing good for no one. This is for like <laughs> atheists watching. Are like you Christians are crazy. Why should we believe God? No one agrees on anything. When the fact is, all of us, I guarantee, if we had, well, I mean, it would take probably till the rapture. But I mean, it, it, we all are so close to the understanding. Chris, are you going to make me do the compatibility thing again, or do you want to crack at it? Like, basically, we're all saying the exact same thing. So, like, the people, God, do the compatible elects, thing. Or, it makes the, the, me happy. Well, I mean, it's the best I can do to make people not want to stone you. Um, and there is some merit to it. So, whenever the Calvinists say all this stuff that make you know people argue unendingly because they just won't say it the way I'm going to try to say it for some reason. Basically, the people God chooses, the people God drags, the people God elects 
the people that other people think that's very pompous and arrogant when they hear that, um, that basically means that God doesn't just choose people who, if he had no say in the matter, he doesn't just choose people who would be evil and say, no, no, I'm going to force you to be good. He doesn't just choose people who would say, no, no, I want to be good. I really want to follow you and make them evil. Like whatever they would choose, regardless of if God got involved, he's, he's just giving them what he wants and he's determining their steps. So that would be what a normal Christian, <laughs> that would be what the non-Calvinist would say. Oh, you accept Christ. You repent and believe the gospel. You put your faith in Christ to save you. Wonderful. You're a Christian. You're a brother or sister in Christ. That's what most Christians would say. But like the 7% of Calvinists would say that exact person, congratulations, God has, you're the elect, God has chosen you. Um, so we're all saying the exact same thing. It's just the ways to get there that infuriate people. So I, I hope that helps. So right. when Chris says elect, you should hear chose. When you say chose, Chris, you should hear God has elected them. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. I think some people take our position to where they think it logically leads and not necessarily what we're saying. Like, that's where hyper-Calvinists came along. Those are people who who said, well, this means this, and, it, and they take it to where they think it logically leads without holding the tension between, yeah, you were chosen before the foundation of the world, but you don't experience justification, adoption, all those things until a point in time. And some people go, they just they just said, well, you know, you're just eternally justified then because— and I think they take it to where they think it logically leads more than what you know we actually teach. And I think there's people on the other side too who who do that with you know Pelagianism. Yeah, but it, 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 it doesn't make sense if the person is at some point in. Okay, let me make sure I'm understanding this. Here's here's two people, both of them are ungodly, born the same ungodly. One of these people, uh. If I'm understanding your doctrine right, one of these people at some point in time is going to choose Christ, and the other one isn't. Am uh, I understanding if, you, that? if you're trying to understand it, why am I a Calvin apologist right now? If if you're trying to understand it the way Calvinists present it, then God would choose them; they would be the elect. But if you're understanding it, you know, from a non-Calvinist standpoint, then yes, one of those people will choose Christ. But they're saying they, choose, quote, choose Christ, which is really not a choice because God has demanded he, this no, person no, follow them. No, 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 he doesn't violate. He, no, he, he doesn't violate our free will. No, yeah. right, I just covered that. I just covered that with a compatibility thing, right? So, like, if someone's like, no, I hate your God, I'll never follow, then God is not going to elect them, right? Like, I just spent, like, five minutes trying to, trying to no, cover that. No, 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 no. That would make God contingent. This is the discussion we were having the other day. Election. That right. God stops being God stops being God if God is choosing people based on their choices. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that's... that God's listen. So this is where you keep tripping it up, and that's okay. I'm going to explain it again. So the choices, the free will choices we make, are compatible with the sovereign decrees of God. It doesn't mean that God looked down the corridors of history to see what free will choices that we made and instantiated those into his decretive will. That is not what it means. What it means is that there is a mystery and a tension between what God's decretive will is and our 100% free will choices. We believe as Calvinists in free will. We simply do not believe that you as a creature 
can go against your nature just as God, as God, cannot go against his nature. God cannot lie. God cannot sin. People cannot sprout wings and jump over the moon. It is against their nature. That is the only difference. Is that not what I just said? Well, and I would say this. Uh, let me add one clarification. You, you said, said that in a short way, and he took the long way around the block. I'm <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. It's not that God sees he's going to choose. The thing is, no, no one would choose Christ. Everyone willfully rejects Christ. Everyone, is a sin. Everyone will willfully keep choosing sin. What we're saying is God, in his grace, saves some of those who would only willfully choose sin. That is, he regenerates the heart. He draws them to Christ. We're saying no one would choose Christ left to themselves. And God, in his grace, out of all those who wouldn't choose Christ, he chooses some of those, regenerates their heart, and draws them to his Son. We're saying left in their condition, left apart from the grace of God, they would continue in sin uh, and would never choose Christ. We're not saying that some men would, yeah, they would choose Christ and then God chooses them. We're saying they would all continue in sin unless God in his grace draws them to his son. Uh, they, we would say the difference between the the person who doesn't believe in Christ and the person who ends up at one point in their life believing in Christ, we'd say the only difference in those two is the grace of God, the mercy of God. We would say it took God's grace and mercy to do a work on that one person. And everyone really, to one degree or another, believes this. When you pray, God, I pray that you'd save my aunt. I pray that you'd save my dad. I pray that you'd save this person. You're, you're expressing our theology in prayer that you believe it takes a work of God to save someone. Otherwise, if it's just up to them, why pray? Like if it's just their free will, just, you know, you really can't do anything about that. God can't violate it. Okay, okay Chris, that, 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 wait, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on, I gotta ask Chris. Whoa, Chris, so, uh, that's okay. a red flag, uh, that's very offensive. Wait, what? What's a red flag? The end of what Nick said, that was very offensive. Which I bet that? you I don't stop praying for my family. No, you should. Whether they no, accept Christ or not, that don't mean I'm going to stop praying for them. Oh, you okay, should. hang on. I, I, sovereign. Hang on, I want to get minister into this because he's because he's new. But Chris, you got to explain this, okay? You so better break that said, down a little bit more because that means God will hear my prayers if I pray for somebody else. He will break it down right after this, Chris. You got to break this down for me. So what Nick just said is why Sam and I and you know everyone else is not a Calvinist. But then whenever you've heard the way you presented the compatible compatibilism to me is the way I've parroted it countless times, and you're like, yes, that's correct. Yes. And how I say that is basically whenever you say, um, so here's your chance to correct me because you've heard me say it a ton of times and said I was, I was parroting Calvinism correctly, where I say that, look, the idea behind this compatibilism is God totally demands and commands your steps and does all this stuff just the way compatible, uh, you know, Calvinists would say, like you don't have a choice in the matter. But if you somehow were able to take God out of the equation completely and give unlimited libertarian free will, then that person would end up making the exact same decisions anyway. So that's not what Nick just said. But yet you've said, I've got that right a lot. That so is, is that because there's the hypothetical? Is that, is that because you have the hypothetical removing God since we can't remove God? Is that because of the hypothetical thing? Right. Well, because I mean, he says no one what, would choose God. Right. And, that, and, so if, and that's the thing. You're, you're, you're conflating two different things. When we're talking about, when we're talking about people's choices and having to do with the decretive will of God. We're talking about a different thing 
than God coming down and giving someone a new heart of flesh and removing their heart of stone. Okay, that is 100% a work of God and that no person would have chosen that, but that God in his grace grants that. Philippians 1.29, Ephesians 1.4. Okay, so like God grants someone repentance. Okay, that that's a totally different thing than the steps that you're going to make and the coffee that you're going to drink and all of these other things when we're talking about compatibilism and free will. Okay, got it. So that that would be why we are just not Calvinists, no matter how much you want me. All right, Minister, go ahead and uh, go ahead and uh, talk. <laughs> talk about real fast, uh, Chris. Uh, I am gonna have to run soon. Would you like to so stay? Nick, and keep do you believe your, me? Praying for my family member, God won't hear. No, that's that's no, not what Minister. I'm that's not what he said. Try it again. No. Okay, no, since I'm, I'm wrong, Chris, is, go ahead. Since I'm stupid. No, no, there's no one bro, saying don't, that. Don't, I think don't, don't be offended, bro, because he wasn't trying to offend you at all. Did a good job no, of I'm it, saying, I passed. All no, right. What I'm saying, I'm not saying anything about whether or not God hears that. I'm saying when we pray for God to save someone, you're expressing in prayers the theology that I hold to, that God is a sovereign God, that he does save men. And if we were consistent about men's free will and saying, well, it's their free will, they have to do it. God really can't violate that, then my response was, well, then why pray for God to save men? If we don't really believe that there is a sovereign God who answers prayer, that he does save, that it takes him to save, uh, then it would be inconsistent to pray that way. I'm not saying he won't answer those prayers. He does. Thank God we are inconsistent in our prayers and we do still pray like he's sovereign. I think that's a good thing. But I'm not saying that he won't answer those prayers. Yeah, God says if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And, and definitely, uh, we should be praying for God to save men. That is something, you know, that's why he sent his son. All right. Clean that. I'm going to actually apologize. Okay, got you, sir. Thank you, brother. And I would say, Nick, I appreciate you wanting to commandeer <laughs> under the banner of Calvinism for everyone who prays to God. Um, but I would say, you know, it, it may not be exactly that simple. So, you know, when we, when we pray, like, you know, I pray for, pray for plenty of people that, you know, God will, you know, bring them to his saving knowledge of Jesus. But uh, I don't necessarily um, expect, you know, God to totally dominate them and force them. I'm thinking, you know, however God wants to do it, if he wants to do that, great. But I'm thinking like any and all. Is so, so you say whenever we express your theology, that's like the one thing, like we're asking God to dominate their will and drag them to salvation, which that's, that's wonderful. Um, it, it, versus, uh, oh, okay, hang on versus, you know, a plethora of other things. Like, you know, God could put someone in their path um, that would, you know, share the gospel with them until they can't ignore it anymore. Or, you know, they would still have a say in the matter, um, you know, because they can, from a non-Calvinist position, you can reject, you can harden your heart so much, um, we believe, that, that that's what we mean. So, like, we're not necessarily expressing Calvinism theology um, whenever we do that to violate someone's free will. Um, it could be that, or it could just be, you know, put the right person in their path that will share the gospel with them, or, you know, I don't know, however other way that they can still not be totally dominated, I but still a, have you intervene. Yeah, that's a misunderstanding of how God changes the will. God doesn't just, we're kicking and screaming and don't want to come, and he just twists our arm and forces us. That's not how God draws men to Christ. God draws men to Christ in a way by his spirit that it changes our heart, and we willfully repent and believe the gospel we willfully do that because the spirit does a regenerating work in our heart he changes our hearts to where we willfully 
repent and believe. It's not that God just twists our arm or holds a gun to our head and says, you better, you know, forces it to against our will, against our nature. No, that's what we're saying where it takes the Holy Spirit to draw and a person willfully turns to Christ. Whereas if the Spirit was not doing that drawing, not doing the regenerating work, they would not willfully come. But when he changes our heart, changes my nature, I, w- I want to do something different. Like I-, I want to come to Christ when he does it, when he does that drawing, when he does it. Regenerate. Like we would see when you see when you're saying things about a person willfully comes to Christ. I would agree. Yeah, they do. But I'm saying the reason they do is because the spirit is doing a work in that person's heart and life. Whereas the person who rejects Christ, I would say the spirit is not doing that regenerating work in that person. So it's not that he forcefully makes us come to Christ. It's that he changes our hearts to where now I want to come to Christ, whereas I would not want to do that had, had the Spirit not worked. We all just need to wear sandwich signs that say, repent, the end is near, and yeah, never talk yeah. about this again. <laughs> yeah. Really? All right, Why? Chris, all right, Chris, take it away. I'm out. <laughs> Wait, my Min- okay. Minister, it was nice what? to meet you, Minister. I hope we get to what? chat again, Minister, but I, uh, I got to run. So, Michael, Nick. Uh, James, good to see you. Hey, good to see you. Um, so, Nick, so... How is it that some get this invitation?